And okay, if it's possible to get that up on the screen, I forgot to pre-warn the computer guy, which is Erin. I've now got my glasses on, but it looks awful like Erin. It's her. But if not, we've got to try and get the words. I can a few years have mentioned to try and get the words up on the screen for the scriptures we're going through, just so you can follow. But 1 John chapter 5, if you've got a Bible, Bible app, wherever you look at the word of God, we we're going to go through this. 1 John chapter 5, and we're coming to the end. Now, this morning, maybe next Sunday morning, we are coming to the end of 1 John. Ah, we're going to miss discussing him and house church. So I just wonder if when you go through another guy's letters, because he was a man, you think, you've got to meet this guy one day. I wonder if he'll say, man, who's he doing? You got like wildly wrong. I was trying to put up. Is he got a new bad job? I reckon. We'll soon find, well, we'll soon find out. I reckon when I'll meet him. But here's this guy's letters. 1 John 5, we'll read through it. But he's sort of tying things in. A lot of stuff he repeats if you've been journeying with us. He's big on love. He's not just big on love. He's big on love and action that the Christian faith wasn't just about saying that you love God. It wasn't even just saying that you love fellow believers. It was shown in a practical way that we, we will be marked by believers in Christ by our love for one another. So he sort of repeats. I'm aware that I'm not going to just repeat sermons that I've done before and ground that I've covered before. Most of us has been recorded, so if you're not sure about 1 John chapter 4, get on the podcast. Okay, but the title of this message is, It's the Only Way. He picks out a few things and tells us it's the only way. It's the only way to live, only way to have victory. It's the only way to truth. So I'll just go through it bit by bit. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. He says, I'm reinforcing what the Christian faith is about. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commands. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. I sort of stayed there for a while when I was going through this. It's the only way to live, is to live for Jesus within God the Father. Well, loving God means obeying His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. You should underline that, you should highlight it, or get your finger across your iPad on that point. Up until this point in his letter, he has given us a lot of stuff to live by, loving God, loving people, being people of action, being people of help. And yet at the start of chapter 5, he's saying loving God is obeying his commandments, but I'm glad he goes on and says, 
and obeying his commandments, doing what he says, is not burdensome. Because before I was a Christian, I looked at the Christian life and thought, that looks quite burdensome. Want anybody think the same? I used to look at the people living a Christian life and think, it looks to me as though living for God is burdensome. Because I'm over here in a world where I have my freedom, I can do what I want, live with what I want, do whatever I want, listen to what I want, treat people the way I want, so surely I'm burden-free. And I used to look across the pond to the Christian and think, they've got disciplined life, they've got to go to church on a Sunday, they've got this God that they have to obey, that tells them far to go, far to see, far to meet, far to please, that will help people. And it always got a sense, not through Christian example, just through my own mind, that I would have thought that the Christian life would be more burdensome because living under a lifestyle and rules is burdensome. And surely then, living life with no rules, you're burdensome free. As you can do what you want. Well, look how I ended up for me. We had my freedom, ended up bound, enslaved, and addicted, and then became a Christian. And John said, living for God is not burdensome. It's the only way to live, people, as a life that is lived for Jesus Christ, who the Son sets free it's free indeed. And we've got to get our way for this mindset that living for Jesus is a challenge, is burdensome, and oh, I've just to defam tilt. Living for Jesus is the most liberating, wonderful experience, lifestyle in the face of the planet. And John is saying, that's living for God's stuff. Obeying God, obeying Jesus. It's not a burden, it's a pleasure. It's not a burden, it's your delight to come together as a church and have fellowship, to give to the poor. It's your delight to pray to our Heavenly Father. We were sitting in house church a few weeks ago. We were speaking about here in quiet time. It almost says these words. It almost says, that's the challenge, is to go and read your Bible and pray. And as I was sitting there almost saying it, I felt as though the Holy Spirit was saying, you shouldn't look at spending time with your Heavenly Father as a challenge. You shouldn't even say it. Once you have got the revelation that Jesus Christ saved your soul for eternity, and you've got an opportunity to know a Heavenly Father, maybe the challenge should be not spending time with Him. Because your heart is set on fire and you carry this hope. Ayuima, this morning, why do we say spending time with him is a challenge? You have no challenge speaking on a biddy on this planet. I've seen some of you wifeys at work. Yap, 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 yap. Speaking is not a challenge to you. Come on. I'm married. Can't I go to Tesco's with Isabel for quick messages? Yap, 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 yap. Speaking's now your problem. 
Why do we say that speaking a heavenly Father that led His Son Jesus Christ on the altar of sacrifice so we could know Him, why do we find that such a challenge? Just to say hello. Thank you, Jesus. You shouldn't say it's a challenge. John said it's not burdensome. Come on. I might even be becoming a Christian. This is for the differences between law and grace. It's a lot of my life I lived under, the Christian life lived under the law, and that's near the way I will live. I think I stay on here for a while, but if you live under the law, it becomes burdensome. So God gave the law to Moses and the Jewish nation in Mount Sinai. It was a list of do's and don'ts. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Ten commandments and a host of other laws. And it was a ministry that brought death because humanity and the Jewish people couldn't attain to that conditions and ended up every time falling back in idolatry and sin. That was burdensome. It was burdensome because there was no power to live out the life. The Holy Spirit has came upon people that indwell in God, and they came upon His people. The cross had not happened. Grace was not revealed. And so John is speaking about a wild life where the Spirit filled Jesus-believing Christian that we get help to live this life. Are you with me? We get the power of the Holy Ghost within us there isn't a burdensome, there is a delight that says changes the desires within us, changes our desires to match up with His will so we become Christ-like and we move in a way that looks like Jesus, not because of effort or hard work, but receiving the power that is available through grace. And that's not burdensome. That's being changed from glory to glory. I tell you, if it is burdensome, gone through this life without Jesus. If I look back, the Christian and the non-Christian goes through similar things in life. One gets through on their own, the non-Christian. One gets through it with Jesus. There are some spiritual champions in here. I'm not going to call you, Zoot. But would you rather go through grief with Jesus or without him? You got to go through it. If you got to live in this life long enough, you got to go through grief. The spiritual champion for me is the people say, I am going through grief. It's a world problem. But I don't know how I get through it without Jesus. Loneliness can be a real problem. Would you rather go through loneliness without Jesus or with Jesus, the friend that sticks closer than a brother? We're in a fallen world. Health issues, sickness is a problem. Would you rather go through it without Jesus that says he's got to save you for our eternity and he is your healer? Do you rather go through it without him? And just work a while on your own, looking for answers, dean in your own strength. You're not made for that because you're made for Jesus. Or would you rather 
work through it, Kenan, that he is with you. He's with you in the storm. He can bring peace in the storm. And even if he doesn't, you're his forevermore. If it's the most burdensome life on the planet, <laughs> it's got to be the one that goes through the same stuff. But without hope, if the Christian is lacking in joy, they've got the joy giver. If he's lacking in peace, he's got the peace, the prince of peace. If he's lacking in help, he's got the helper. He's lacking in counsel, he's got the counselor. He'll supply all our needs according to his glorious riches that are only found in Christ Jesus. It's the only way. It's the only way to live. It's to live for Jesus. It's the only way to live a burden-free life. Does that mean that we don't get weary? Does that mean that we don't get tired? We go through tiredness, we go through weariness, but we go through it in the strength of Jesus Christ. And John is saying to love him is to obey his commandments, and these are not burdensome. And I tell you, when I read that, I felt freer. Sometimes we get mixed up in Sarah's world. When I was a while, we get entangled. We get tangled up in stuff. But yet, Christ's life is now a burdensome life. Maybe we need to lay stuff doing it all out this morning. Maybe you're carrying all your burdens and all your cares and all your worries. And you are here, even if you're saved, you're maybe here, but you've got all within you. And you're trying to cope with your kids and keep your marriage together, try to cope with this life of loneliness and heartache and pain, and it's here. And Jesus is now saying, this was near my plan for you. My plan for you was to live life without any burden because I'm the great I am. Now it's time to hand your kids, hand your family, hand your marriage, hand your workplace over to Jesus Christ because that is what he's there for. He's a good savior. And he cares for his deen and his strength and he cares the beginning for the end and his plans are perfect and good. People, if you die care in Jesus this morning, what I tell you, it's the only way to live. It's the only way to live, burden-free. Living for Jesus is not burdensome. It's the best thing you can ever do in this life. And then he goes on, verse 4. For every, say every, Every. Kenfat means every. Every single one. Every child of God defeats the evil world. Everyone. If you're a child of God and here his promise to you through John is victory is yours through Jesus Christ. Every child of God defeats this evil world. We achieve this victory, not because we're great, not because we've got all together. We achieve this victory through our perfect timing, our, some of can our name. Yes! We achieve this victory through our faith. It's a vehicle of victory. If I want to live a victorious life, every child of God. defeats this evil world and we achieve it through faith. Who can win this battle against the world? Only. We've gone every year and we've gone only. Every child of God should have victory 
through faith. We need to see how we can ignite faith then, because if victory is achieved through faith, and you're looking for victory, and you're bound and looking for some hope in life in some way to be free, we need to care for it is to have faith ignited within us through Jesus. It's great coming into the fellowship of believers. Times like this, this morning, it ignites faith within you, doesn't it? In the name of Jesus is lifted. I feel faith today. I feel strengthened. I feel victorious for the week ahead. And maybe you just coming here this morning with faith. Maybe you had an argument before you even left the house. Maybe your husband or somebody didn't want to come. He thought, okay, I could stay. I'm picking up my Bible today. And I'm showing some faith to get to the house of God. Because David says, and he wrote in Psalms, far can we meet to worship at the house of God. How can we go there and go with joy? Maybe your greatest faith statement this week was to even come here this morning. Times of prayer and fasting as we go through Christmas and devotionals, I pray that there's just an increase of faith. Every child of God defeats this evil world through faith. And then there's an only, only those who believe that Jesus is a son of God. Remember the controversy that John is trying to address is that Naabdi was saying that Jesus was the son of God. They were saying that he was moral, he was good, he had a good upbringing, but he wasn't the son of God. And John is putting a line in his sand and said, no, victory is there, but it's only for them that believe that Jesus Christ is who He says He is, and He is a Son of God, which is right, because when we spoke about love, we said we had a God of love, didn't we? If you were here, we said we had a God of love and a world that is lost, and we was to be the connecting point between this God of love and a world that is lost and sometimes full of hate. And the attribute that the Christian had to carry with us, God of love, was our love. So we couldn't be representatives of our God of love if I was hatred within fellowship, that we had to love each other in spite of differences. Was that the word that was said? And the world would know that we are His by our infectious love for one another. He's gone a step further here, is that Jesus is the Son of God. What does that mean? He is all victorious. He is all-knowing and He's all-powerful. In the church of the living God, we should be moving in victory, shouldn't we? If we ever go to victory and we are moving in defeat and just as bound as the world, what does that say about our God? Oh, He could be defeated. But John is saying, no, you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you will move in victory, and only them. Here's faith again. I think faith's a topic for this morning. It's good to see. She wants a little Leia doing soaking time there. We'll put on some gentle music. Faith. Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you care that... It's really the only way of victory, and it's the only way of salvation. 
is to know Jesus Christ as the Son of God. I think sometimes we're living this life unaware of what, or maybe unintentionally unaware of what, that He is the only way. And it is time to get desperate for revival. It's time to get desperate to see people saved because Jesus is the only way. I get a little quick, a little quick Bible study. And if you want to come against me, you'll probably find ammunition in front of my water set because if you just take it out of context, it could sound like heresy. But let me put it in context. They care how the name Christian came about. It was in Antioch. It is found, but then they want to check out for him saying, Acts 11, 26, right? The apostles moved in power. It wasn't until a while after that Antioch, it says that the believers became known as Christians. Well, Antioch, the day, is an area in Turkey. So the Muslims and people, it's 90-odd percent Muslim, looked at the believers and seen how they moved, seen how they worshipped, and says they will be known as Christians, Christ followers. Right, first probably they're a Christian. Right? Beautiful. Christian has teen on different shapes and different forms over the years so that you don't really need to believe Jesus is the Son of God or be saved. You can still say, I would follow the Christian faith as in good morals. Am I right? So even within the banner of Christian, there's different movements and different people believe different things. And I guess it was handy because Christians can then be pigeonholed beside Buddhists. Why does Buddhists follow? follow? This is difficult questions. Buddha, okay. And Islamists that follow Islam. Next to them, you've got Christians that follow Jesus. And it's all very nice, isn't it? And some people say, well, we're all just worshiping the same God. And I've heard some people under the banner of Christians that say, well, we're all worshiping the same God. All paths lead to heaven. What did the early apostles call their end movement? I'll give you a date, Easter egg that's still lying in my office. <laughs> still worth it in. Still Tesco. To the folk that the early apostles called themselves, John, you know what, one Easter egg. The way. The way. Two words. The way. Now, if I'm not saying is turn up to work in the morning and say, look, pastor spoke yesterday, I'm not a Christian anymore. I'm part of the way. Because <laughs> they probably already think you're weird. And I'll make even weirder. The way. This is people that knew what they were speaking about. And I'm not saying, I think we need to live as Christians with attitude over part of the way. This was people that says we are refusing to be like anybody else next to any other religion. This isn't another way. This is the way, and his name is Jesus. And they had a heart that was on fire and got teen before politicians and religious people because they confessed that Jesus was the Son of God and he was the way. Not one of many ways. 
Neither way, if you like it on a Sunday, but forget about it on a Monday. The early apostles, we are part of the way. The way of the Father. The way to live. Jesus says, I am the way. The truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When I started to think of that, I thought, man, we need a bit of fire in our bones. We need to care that we are part of the movement that is the way. And we should be bold enough within this movement to proclaim Jesus Christ as the only way of salvation, but call me the attitude, oh, this is the way. We should be desperate enough within this community to stand as intercessors, knowing we know there is the way. And you should be privileged that you have the revelation, you know the way. And his name is Jesus. Because a lot of people outside of fellowships, in our community, or neighbors, or people rub shoulders with, they're still looking for the way. They're still looking for the meaning. They're looking for the answers. They're looking for hope. They're being burdened by things. The same things you're going through is driving them crazy and they're turning to pals. Because they're looking for the way. And I'm not saying, didn't I tell yourself a Christian? I'm just saying we need to be follow Jesus' fire for the way. Knowing and being privileged to be part of the way. We didn't stand alongside other religions in the world. We didn't say, well, we follow Jesus, but if he wants to follow Buddha, that's okay. We'll meet up somewhere. We do not think like that. That is now the truth that's been revealed. The truth that's been revealed is, here's the way. And we are part of the way. My last point, but then I get excited and start thinking about your dinner just yet. I'm pretty sure I could string a suit. The way of truth. Verse 6, and Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by His baptism in water. If you haven't been baptized in water, you're saved, you need to consider it. Jesus' baptism in water was near. We get baptized in water to show if it. Sins are forgiven, we're made clean. Jesus was not baptized because He was a sinner. He was baptizing to show you the way. He was getting baptized to relate to your humanity and His humanity and if he never got baptized, we'd get an awful lot of people, a lot of ammunition to say, he didn't do it, I didn't need to do it. But in his humility, he got baptized and showed the way for repentance, even though he was perfect and had nothing to repent of. So he was revealed through baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross, not by water only in his humanity, but by water and blood. By blood, he was seen as the atonement of our sins and salvation was made available and the Spirit, who is truth, confirming it with His testimony. Look, the Spirit spoke through the prophets. He spoke when Jesus walked on the earth. 
and he's speaking the day to people that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. That is the Holy Spirit's mission is to lift up and to glorify the name of Jesus. That's why we need him in his, our lives and in our fellowship. All these three agree. And then he says this, since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about His Son. All who believe in the Son of God know that in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about His Son. Strong words. But John is saying this. You are so quick, people, to believe what humans say. You're so quick. If there's somebody you didn't really like and somebody comes with a message about that person that pins him in a blacker picture, you didn't sit and say, I want the facts. I want the proof of what you're saying. You just believe it. Without asking a second question, it's in our nature. John is saying, you accept human testimony so easily. I'm on a news fast. Isn't it making me sell out to be more spiritual than I am, okay? Probably should be fasting food, but I'm fasting the news because it's easier. I was getting tangled up. And if it was happening with Brexit, like maybe some of my unions are, if it's lies, if it's true, I don't care if it's going on these days. And I was getting tangled up, and I just felt as though I didn't even got to watch it in the mail and see if a difference it marks in my life. So I'd be like getting my popcorn ready for question time, which sounds really sad. Maybe that's where I'm at in life. <laughs> I want to care if it's going on. I want somebody to give me something that looks like a way forward with us. And our why human nature works if we're already nailed our colors to a mast, we will just believe what they say. That if you are a staunch conservative, da da da, Boris Johnson's your hero, if ever he says, you're not looking for proof, you're just, I support him. You're a staunch SNP, let's get you a. If we get into SNP, the Union, but in Europe. Well, I've already decided that's what I'm going to listen to, and so I'm not asking Nicholas Sturgeon to prove it. I'm just going to have a little belief, as she says again. And so we're on a like, dodgy ground, didn't we? Because I've mentioned politics for the front, and some of you are maybe not cool with that. But we just take it for our side. We're on, I believe them, I don't believe them, and we'll fight till the death until somebody else believes us without asking for evidence. And John's saying, you're so easy, you're so easily led. You'll listen to human testimony about themselves without asking, where's your evidence? And he says, and now you've got God with evidence of blood, water, and the Holy Spirit, and you're saying you do not even believe it. He says, surely you should believe God first with His evidence and believe Him with His evidence rather than just believe People with evidence. That makes sense, doesn't it? God, that is truth. It's the only way to truth. And if you didn't believe God and what he says about his son, if you like it or didn't like it, it doesn't matter if you like it or not, because that's not me, can you, a liar? God says, you're lying. 
Because you don't believe that he's saying about his son. I said, now the preacher, Kanye, a liar, which I'm grateful for. This is him, Kanye, a liar. And you can then justify it to him when you meet him. And this is the wonderful thing about being a preacher. Is that I'm not sharing my truth. This is not the preacher's truth. This is God's truth. I'm just saying that he said, if you've got a problem with that, you'll probably blame me, but you'll have to blame him. And if you want salvation in your terms, without being a son, without being somebody called Jesus, and you just want to go to heaven, well, you're going to have to take it up with him. I'm just telling you, if he said, and that's his name, my message, I'm just an echo. That's the wonderful thing about being a preacher is we didn't really study for we want to think. We study for he thinks. And we tell you for we think he thinks. And it's really up to you whether you'll dismiss all that. That's why we need to be good studiers of the Word of God. So we can for he thinks. We've got all these things these days, we gender, and we're pretty set, male and female, aren't we, in the Bible? We're pretty set on that, are we? Like male and female. And you got a problem with that? I'm not a biologist, but you'll need to see him about it. It's not my Bible. It's not my truth. And I made it up, I'm just reading and saying what it says. And you can ask him when you meet him. Your disagreements, the things you thought was unfair, the things that you didn't like. This is God's word. This is what he says. And so didn't I be so quick just to believe everything that you hear, but dismiss a God that has got his witnesses and he's got his preachers and he's got his teachers that are telling you the truth. And that should mark us evangelistic, shouldn't it? Because we only gain the world our interpretation of what we say is one or possible number of ways that you can choose. We are saying on good authority this is the only way. And we want you to be saved. And we want you to believe so much people are atheists until somebody dies and the family and it's heartbreaking. But it's true. The amount of people, no, I don't believe that rubbish, I don't believe it's just rubbish. And then, I would never say us, send us to chums here, okay? But then somebody dies and it's, we'll see you on the other side. You've got your angel wings, you've got promotion, and you're thinking, I thought you didn't believe that, that's rubbish. You do believe, because eternity is set in the hearts of man, but the only way of salvation is Jesus Christ. And sometimes the hardest come against Jesus' people have still got within them because the Holy Spirit is still wanting to reveal Jesus in their hearts. If you get down to their inner being, they do believe in something. They just kind of matched up the way. And that's the job of the church. He's the only way. So John is affirming, he's encouraging, and I'm praying that this morning that you feel challenged, you feel encouraged, that you feel inflamed again to be part of the way 
that is Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I want, I'm going to put an appeal out here for salvation. I never second guess that Abdi here is saved. That would be a big mistake. In God's words is, Nemi, if you do not believe that God is saying about his son, you're calling God a liar, but he's truth, and so you're lying. That's a rub of the green. You cannot both be right. God cannot be right that he sent his son to live and die for you. And you cannot also be right that you didn't believe for he said. But God is truth. And he has sent people on your path and you are here this morning by a divine appointment and intervention to show you the way. A way that is near burdensome a way that is full of hope in spite of dark places. A way that even in the midst of the pain of this life that you can call upon Jesus and a Heavenly Father that can give you hope. A way that means you can sit doing and read the love record, the Bible is love record to you and you kind of really suss out everything means but yet it strengthens you and so I'm going to ask if Abdi would bow their heads if you want to respond this morning maybe for the first time or you're coming back and say God I want to be part of the way there's no other way this is God that has said this is the way there's no plan B of salvation you're getting there by your good morals. You're getting there by grace and through the cross of Calvary. If you want to respond this morning, you pop your hand and I'll see it, I'll acknowledge it. To say I want to be this morning, mark a first step to be part of the family of Jesus Christ. And then we go on further and we teach you about this life we love you through this life and you get help through this life you'll mark your mistakes you'll hear up moments and sure you'll hear disappointments but you'll always hear people beside you and a Christ within you while every head is bowed Yagi, 30 seconds that this morning if you want to commit your life to the way Jesus Christ and you pop your hand I will see you acknowledge it and then we'll just kind of pray a simple prayer together Let's just sit here a little while. Just 
let the Holy Spirit, the great revealer of truth, speak to you. Let him raise you up. Let him reveal the mysteries of heaven. Give him your struggles. Give him your burdens. For he loves you and he cares too much for you. He hung in that cross at Calvary, a criminal's death, blood dripping down, nail-pierced hands, a crown of thorns to show the world how much he loves you. And some of you in here this morning maybe feel unloved by the Heavenly Father. Like he notices somebody else but you. Jesus. Jesus, we ask as we sit in your presence. We're grateful to be part of the way. Oh God, send your fire that we would be genuine apostles and evangelists to the way. That in this community would be unashamed that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life in heaven. He's the only way to know a father. And Jesus, we pray for a supernatural evangelistic edge because our neighbors are looking for the way. Our work colleagues are looking for the way. Our family just looking for the way. Help us to give them words of knowledge, encouragement to show them that there's a better way. And his name is Jesus. And God, the theme of this service, I guess, a lot of it through the worship, has been through being revived. We just ask for revival fires to land on us, breathe on us afresh. We pray you are the way. You're the only way. There is no other way but Jesus. God, I pray a supernatural confidence will hit the church of the living God. As an army, and we'd march, not just ourselves as AFCC. We pray for the AOG, we pray for the Baptists and the Kirks as well, every one of them, that there would be an awakening through the power of the Holy Spirit. There wouldn't be an us and them, there'd be a joining, there'd be a moving, and the Holy Ghost and fire that would breathe through this dry and weary land, bringing revival and refreshing, and making Jesus known as the way in our land and we claim it back for Jesus and God pay it back God at years that the locusts have eaten God would you pay it back would you pay it back in full other dryness other lostness God we pray multiplication otherwise multiplication and salvation and wholeness and love and compassion in Jesus name Amen we sing one more song I worship. I think we've got to sing Waymaker. Let's declare him as the Waymaker. He is the way. I feel so I don't really say it one of my times a day. And if the only thing you get before you leave, it's stuck in your brain. He is, he is the way. So we've got to rejoice together and say Waymaker. No one of our Waymakers, no one of our miracle makers in this planet, but he is the Waymaker miracle maker, promise keep our light in the darkness. Let's stand and let's raise our voices as we take up our offerings. God bless us.